What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bridging the Geekdoms. I'm your host, Robert Slavinsky, and with me today is, well, nobody. It's just me today. Uh, Colton could not be here, and I didn't get a guest for the show either, so it's going to be me talking. So I want some interaction from all of you who are watching. Throw your comments in the comments section. I'll talk to you uh, directly, answer some of your questions about all things going on in the pop culture world. Today I'm going to talk about the Snyderverse. Is Snyder actually done with the Snyderverse? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we got some really cool footage and a reveal trailer for Battlefield 2042, the next in the Battlefield series. I want to talk about that. I'm a huge fan of the series. So let's talk about that. We got Henry Cavill stuff going on. I know I kind of touched on that over, I think it was last week at some point, but I want to talk about it a little bit more today as well as well as Loki. Loki released on Disney Plus today, the first episode. I want to kind of do a quick review and discuss that. So please put your thoughts and, and, and questions in the comments. That way I can see them and we'll go from there. So hopefully everybody's having a great week. Hopefully everybody enjoyed Loki. And as you know, the summer's right around the corner here. Things are calming down in the pandemic and uh things are opening back up it's exciting you know marvel's going to be kicking off their cinematic universe yet again on july 9th with black widow but we've been lucky enough to get a few shows on disney plus their new form of storytelling on disney plus with wandavision with falcon and the winter soldier and now with loki and again i want to talk about loki i want to do a quick loki review for episode one now if you've watched the show and you've heard me talk, I've been looking forward to this show since it was announced. I thought out of the three first shows that they were doing and, and, and putting out, I felt that Loki was going to be the one that was the most interesting, the one that was really the, the most fun, I should say. But that's in large part due to Tom Hiddleston. His portrayal of Loki in the MCU has been phenomenal. And when he died, spoilers, in Infinity War, it was one of those deaths that, that hit you and you're just kind of like man i like that character i didn't want to see him die so the fact that they're bringing him back for more more adventures within the mcu is fantastic now episode one i, I watched it and it was it was great a lot of people you'll see a lot of people saying on twitter on social media other reviews that it starts off slow that there's not much action there's not much that's too interesting in it. And, and I completely disagree. I don't know what people are watching because when you think of Loki, you don't think of big action sequences. You don't think of the fighting and, and everything that's happened in the MCU. What you think about what you, what you picture is a lot of dialogue. He is the God of mischief. That is who Loki is. And that is how he has been portrayed in the MCU. The entire time is just utilizing his words and being able to, to, just trick people and, and making people believe different things. And that was, that's who is, he is. So going into this show, I knew <laughs> going into this show that it wasn't going to be action heavy. It was going to be dialogue heavy with a lot of interesting takes on what's going on in the MCU. The fact that they, they brought in the, the time variant, um, uh, what is it to time variant association or, or whatever it is. The fact that they brought that in just was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because they have the ability now to travel around the entire MCU timeline, not just the main timeline, but other timelines that we have no idea exist. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Spoilers. If you haven't watched Loki episode one, I'm going to get into some spoilers here. So please, if you don't want to be spoiled, you just turn off the sound for maybe a couple minutes here, but one of the coolest parts in this episode was when he's trying to find the Tesseract, trying to find different things like, uh, you know, and, and how to escape uh, being 
imprisoned by the TVA, he opens up a drawer. There's a drawer that's opened up and there's just a pile of infinity stones, not just one or two of them, but all of the different infinity stones, just a pile of them from all the different timelines that have ever existed. That <laughs> basically meaning it, 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 you know, what we know, we, we've watched the infinity saga, the infinity gauntlet saga that, that spanned what 11 years, 12 years. We watched that all transpire the most important thing the thing that everybody always talked about when's the next infinity stone going to show up when are they going to all become put together when are they going to be used and then it was this big cataclysmic event that took place with these infinity stones in one episode of loki they're just like yeah there's infinity stones bah, they're nothing they don't mean what is marvel doing what are they getting us into what is coming up that obviously they're trying to say look the Infinity Stones, we knew they were big, but at this point, there's something more. So get rid of the idea and the notion that those Infinity Stones are anything important at this point. I thought that was amazing. I, I loved it. The fact that the, the characters just like, oh, those things? Yeah, some people just use them as paperweights. That's how many there are just laying around here. It's it's incredible that they would <laughs> just do something like that. So, and to, and to see Loki, who for so many years, he was after the Tesseract or the, the mind stone, whatever it was, he was after something in regards to the infinity stones. He just seemed defeated. He's just like, really? Like, uh. and it was just, it was great. It was a great moment in the show. Owen Wilson was phenomenal. Uh, he is going to probably be, you know, obviously Tom Hiddleston's Loki is going to be my favorite character because it's about him and he's a great actor and a great character. But I think uh, Owen Wilson's character is going to really, stand out in this show. So I hope that they do have plans for more with him because even in this one episode, the way that he and Loki play off of each other is just phenomenal. And I, I can't wait to see more of that. Uh, another really interesting aspect, the whole idea that Loki cannot return to the variant in which he came. So they cannot. So we know that he came during Endgame when they went back in time and he picked up the Tesseract and disappeared. That right there is the variant. That is the issue in the time. That's why the TVA is involved. But they say they cannot return him back to that point in time. So it's either that or, or he can't. So he, he's to be killed, which is incredible. So, which means because they're deciding at this point in time, at least not to kill him, that there's going to be, he, he could just do anything. He can pop up anywhere within the mcu at any time but then pop right back out so he could just pop in pop out pop in pop out i i don't know that that to me i think is a really cool idea and a uh, great take on this character because i think it's going to really benefit uh what the mcu is doing the idea that there's these timekeepers these people or these beings that approve of what happens in the timeline what happens they know the past the present the future they know all of it i want to know how that's going to play out in the mcu because we do know that you know we have the celestials we have the eternals coming out is there going to be some kind of connection with all of that because we know that these celestials and and, and the eternals and stuff like that they're they're higher beings they have the capabilities and and the know know all of 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 everything in, in a way and we know thanos who was incredibly strong and, and, and smart. He wasn't a god. And that's getting back to the point of where they're throwing away the Infinity Stones, basically throwing away Thanos. Like, look, that's nothing compared to what's coming. So let me know in the comments, guys, what you thought of this episode. It was, it was great. I can't wait to see more. I think they just did an excellent job with setting up what this show is going to be about and the fact that you know it, it was heartbreaking loki witnessing the the death of his mother and realizing that it's because of what he does because of his actions that cause her to die but then he he lives all these moments that have yet to happen from when he gets pulled out of of time and all the way up to his death and he's kind of taken aback by the whole thing. And he's just no, he's, he tries to process it. The fact that they leave us on a cliffhanger with this in the, in a regard of like, so we need your help tracking somebody down, you know, a variant that is on the loose, basically causing a whole bunch of ruckus everywhere. And he's like, Oh, 
you know, well, who am I helping you chase down or something like that? Why do you think I'll be able to help? And they're like, because it's you. So I'm interested to find out how this other Loki came in. And I think that's how we're going to get, what, what is it? Lady Loki or Madam Loki or whatever the heck her name is. The, 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 the woman version of Loki, I think is going to be that variant that they're, they're going to be chasing. At least that's my belief. I know a lot of people because they showed a stained glass window of a devil. Everybody's like, Oh, it's Mephisto. No, <laughs> it's not Mephisto. They've already came out and said, no, it's not Mephisto. Uh, so yeah, get that out of your mind. Get that out of your mind. Uh, what's going on, Andrew? So MCU events we've seen is always supposed to happen. Um, so the Avengers were supposed to do the time heist. Yeah. They actually say that specifically that, um, you know, the, the people that you know, Loki's like, look, the, the people that you should be going after are the Avengers because he could smell the, the cologne of two Tonys in the, in 2012. So he knew that the other, there was another Tony Stark from the future who came back and was doing everything. So he even says that and they're like, no, or they, they say, no, that was supposed to happen. That was part of the plan. The Avengers were to do that. So yes, everything that happened in the Avengers as you said here, Andrew, uh, the, the events that we've seen in the MCU were supposed to happen. They were planned. They were allowed to happen by the TVA. That's what they wanted to have happen. And, and it's cool to think like that. It's cool to, you always, you know, it's one of those things. Is there a higher power that leads you everywhere? And in a way, that's kind of what they're showing here, saying here that there is. No free will in the MCU. Andrew, I, I guess I see what you're saying here, that there's no free will, but take a look at what Loki did. He had free will. He There's there's still the free will and, and the possibility that they will create a time variant. It can't happen as it did with Loki here. Uh, again, I just kind of talked about Loki seeing his future and his death. I think that is what's going to kind of put him on the track Um of being the Loki that we saw in Infinity War, because he was a vastly different character than he was in Thor and, and the Avengers and Thor 2 and everything like that. He was a very different character than he was by the time he died. And I think him seeing his death is going to get him back on track to becoming that Loki that his brother and his, like the two of them started to really bond even more. Now, granted, Loki was still the, the mischievous, you know, God and, and he would pull tricks and pranks and always try to benefit and look out for himself. But by the end, by the time he died, it was more than just himself. I mean, and that's very much shown in the fact that he tried to kill Thanos to save the galaxy because he knew if, if Thanos got all those infinity stones, it was over. And that's why he tried to kill Thanos. So you can see his character development over this time. And I think that him seeing everything is going to do that. Uh, Owen Wilson and, and Tom Hiddleston work well together. hundred percent agree. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Will this show introduce King the Conqueror? Ah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where Kang could fit in here. I mean, it's possible, uh, but I don't know. I know that Kang is going to be showing up in Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, Quantumania, or into the Quantumania, whatever it's called. Um, he's supposed to be showing up in that. How, again, I, I'm not sure. I'm not very versed on Kang the Conqueror, so I can't help you out too much there. But definitely, if anybody who does watch or is watching, throw down in the comments what your thoughts are on King the Conqueror showing up. Because, again, I'd like to know. Maybe maybe it is possible. Uh, I just think it's going to be the, the female version of Loki that is going to be the big bad. Yes, Loki was the reason his mom died. Yeah, and again, remember, Thor kind of believes it's his fault. So... Are we going to see a moment, a scene or something in this show or later on where that's rectified between the two of them? I, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But uh, that is my Loki review, guys. Uh, you know, so again, let me know in the comments and let me know your thoughts. Let me know everything. It was such a great episode. I loved the episode so much. Uh, the show explained one more thing. The show explains the multiverse really good. I agree. I think they did a really good job in explaining the multiverse uh, to a point. Obviously, that's, there's going to be a lot more intricacies that they're probably going to explain over the course of this series, but it's cool to see how they're explaining it and 
simplify it for people to understand pretty easily. So I can't wait to see more. Uh, episode two every Wednesday. Loki is on Wednesdays, which is pretty cool. It's nice, you know, get to the middle of the week and you get something to, to chew on and really watch. So I'm excited to see what comes after this. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, again, I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, at the top of the show here, I'm a huge fan of Battlefield. Uh, the video games, they, they've been phenomenal. Battlefield 5, the last one, wasn't for me. I, I mean, I played it. It was fun, but it just seemed like something was off. Battlefield 1 was fantastic. I think to this day, it's still my favorite Battlefield. 3 and 4 were really good. I go all the way back to the Bad Company days, so I'm a huge fan of the Battlefield uh, series franchise. And I've been anticipating, highly, highly anticipating the reveal of the upcoming, the upcoming game. So I want to kind of show a bit of that here. Let me see if I can get that up. I uh, should have had this prepared, but you know, sometimes I don't do what I got to do. All right. So let's do this, this, that, and uh, let's go. I'm just going to show part of the, the trailer here, the reveal trailer. It's pretty phenomenal. All the crazy shenanigans that you can do in this game were pretty intense. I don't know. Like, I, I'm hoping that's in the game. I hope that in the game... If you're in a jet, you can eject out, shoot another plane down, and somehow, if you're lucky enough, skilled enough, are able to get back in your jet and keep flying. I think that'd be phenomenal. But the scale of this game, it just looks massive compared to any other game, Battlefield game, that's ever come out. Now, this is just a reveal trailer. This isn't gameplay. I think they show bits and pieces of gameplay, but not much uh, in this trailer. But the fact that you show the weather that can change in it and how, like here, there's a tornado coming and going to destroy the city and you got to get away from it. It's phenomenal. It's just, it's great fun. It's something different that we haven't really seen in the battlefield games. And the fact that 128 players can be on a map at one time, 128 players, 128. I'm going to say that one more time. 128 players, 64 versus 64. Now, granted people on PC have been doing stuff like that for a while. I'm not a PC gamer. I'm a console gamer. We've never had that. So the fact that I'm going to be able to sit here and have a game with 128 players is insane. Absolutely insane. But uh, I cannot wait for this game. I think it's going to be phenomenal. I know you can go pre-order it now. They are going to have a, a uh, gameplay reveal, I believe, on the 13th. I think it is the 13th uh, during... E3 event, I believe. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of events going on for video games this coming week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I cannot wait to see what they're going to do because it's going to be phenomenal. It, it, it is. Like, hands down, there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be one of the best, one of the best games to come out in a long, long, long time. So, yeah, so we got that coming. I uh, can't wait for that. Let me know down in the comments what you think about the Battlefield series. Are you excited about this? Is this going to be the one that kills Call of Duty finally? Because Call of Duty sucks. I'm saying it. Look, I'm calling out all you Call of Duty players. It sucks. Now, one of the things that, that I think is kind of crazy is the fact that they're, they're saying there is no Battle Royale attached to this Battlefield game. Battle Royale is the big thing right now. Everybody has a Battle Royale. You know, it started, I'm not going to say it started, but the big one that first came was PUBG, then Fortnite, then Call of Duty made their Warzone. Battlefield tried to do something with like Fire Starter or Fire Team or something like that in Battlefield 5. It failed miserably. They didn't do what they should have done with it. It had potential, but they really didn't follow through with it. They're not even going to attempt it. At least right now, they're not attempting any kind of Battle Royale. They will, or not, I won't say they will, but they hinted to a free-to-play option for one of their game types as well. And I think that's a really brilliant idea on their part because, you know, they have this game that's coming out. It's going to, they, they're touting it as three games in one. So you have your, your bigger maps where it's, you know, 128 players and you have your more intimate game type. And then you have kind of a middle ground uh, game type. And they, they're, they're packaging is like, it's three games in one. 
and that one game type may be free to play. So that way, if you're not sure, if you're on the fence about getting Battlefield, you can jump on that free to play, test it out. And if you like it, you can buy the rest of the game to join in on the fun with all the bigger battles that take place. Again, I can't wait to see the gameplay footage of this game. I can't wait to play it on my new Xbox series. I think it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so much fun. So hopefully you all get it as well. And you kind of jump in and, you know, friend request me and we will play together for sure because Battlefield 2042 is coming out this October. I cannot wait. Let me know in the comments what you think. I want to know your thoughts on it. Is it something that looks really cool to you? I think I think it's one of the better reveal trailers we've seen for a first-person shooter. There's going to be no campaign. That's a little disappointing to me. I always enjoy playing the campaign. The campaign for me in games like that are more along the lines of something that uh, almost like a tutorial. It's like training you to use all these different weapons. So once you jump into the multiplayer, you have an idea of how all these weapons work. But anymore, I mean, that back in the day, that's how it was. Nowadays, the way that they balance the weapons in multiplayer is very different than the way they balance them in the single player in the campaign. So while I'm a little disappointed there's no campaign, I understand that it would have taken more time to develop a whole campaign aspect of the game, thus pushing the game to not come out until much later. So I'm okay with that. You know, what they're doing with this, I think, is phenomenal. And there is going to be some story backdrop to this. As it takes place in 2042, there's some climate issues going on and there's some you know, resistance forces within or around the world popping up due to all these, you know, huge events happening around the world in regards to the climate. Sure. Sign me up. I'm all for it. I can't wait. Hope to see you on the battlefield when it does drop. From what I hear, there will be a beta releasing this summer, early fall. I believe it's going to be late summer though. So there'll be a beta. They normally do that with the battlefield games, like end of summer. And then they get a good two months of the beta and then about a month after the beta, the game comes out. So we'll definitely see how this game is. Make sure you pre-order it to get access to the beta. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Let me know in the comments what you think. I really want to know your thoughts because I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right. Next thing I want to talk about. So I talked about this last week on one of my shows. Uh, well, first, let's see. We got a comment. The truth. What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, been a while, for sure. So, a couple weeks ago, Henry Cavill posted on his Instagram a picture of himself in a plane. It looked like he was reading, I believe, a script or something like that. Um, and the caption or the 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 heading on it was, you know, uh, always fun to go to the states or, you know, to to make movies with my partners or something like that. It was something that regard. I should have pulled it up, but you know, I'm terrible at the whole video thing. And, you know, remember I was an audio podcast before this. I'm still not used to, to showing pictures all the time, but he, uh, you know, posted this on Instagram and people are like, okay, so we know the Witcher's done filming, you know, season two is done, but what could he be doing? What could he be filming with his partners over in the U S well, we know that Shazam fear of the gods is currently filming, but my partners. That doesn't sound like Shazam because who would be his partner on Shazam? There's really nobody. You then have Black Adam. Black Adam is currently filming, I think like right next door <laughs> to Shazam. And that's currently filming as well. And that makes a lot more sense when he says my partners because Danny Garcia, who she is the agent manager of both Dwayne Johnson and Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson and Henry Cavill are friends. Danny Garcia is a producer on black Adam. Dwayne Johnson is a producer on black Adam partners. Sure. You could call them partners to him. It, it sounds like he's going and, and going to be doing some stuff on black Adam, which has been speculated for quite some time for sure. There's also rumor that he could be, again, with Black Adam and Shazam kind of filming right next to each other, there's a good possibility that he's going to show up in both in some form or fashion, whether it's a post-credit scene for Shazam or more, or if it's just, you know, whatever it is. I think there's a chance we're going to see him uh, in both of those. And if what I'm hearing, if the rumors are true, it could be very interesting because... Uh, I've heard that he'll be donning the black suit for those films. Now, what is interesting about that 
is 2017's Justice League ended with him in the blue, yellow, red suit. That is what he wore at the end of 2017 Justice League. In Shazam, the first Shazam, and in the Superman cameo there, he was in the suit from the end of Justice League. So why would he be in the black suit now? Now, again, this could be wrong. I, I, what I heard may be not true. I'm hoping it is true, but it may not be true. But if it is, that means that Zack Snyder's Justice League is canon within these two movies, or at least Black Adam. Because if he, again, I, I can't say Shazam, he's going to be in Shazam. I know he's going to be in Black Adam. I know that he's that that's most likely what he's coming to the States to do or has already done. If he's in Shazam or not, that's speculation at this point. But the black suit is just interesting to me. So let me know. I know we know Dwayne Johnson wants to stick with the Snyderverse. He, we know that he preferred the Snyderverse storylines. We know that that is what he liked and that he, that's what he wanted to continue. So it's very possible that Dwayne Johnson is like, look, I want you in the black suit. This is what I want, especially if he believes that the Snyderverse is going to be restored. Again, there's still hope that it could be restored. So, you know, what is going on here? What is going on here? Now, we know there's some shenanigans going on over at Warner Brothers. Walter Hamada recently stated that he would be, or that the movies coming out, they were shooting for like four movies a year, and some of their riskier movies would be, or projects would be straight to HBO Max. Now, what are these riskier projects, you say? Batgirl, which makes no sense to me. I don't know why you would say that's risky. I mean, regardless of what you want to say or think, what is the big thing right now in Hollywood? Diversity. And what has been huge the last few years? Women-driven led films. Star Wars, Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel. They've all made buku bucks. So why they're going to sit there and say Batgirl is risky just makes me believe that Walter Hamada has no idea what's going on in Hollywood or in the current climate of this country and the world. So you have that. The other one, again, sticking with what's been big in Hollywood, diversity, static shock. They're, you know, that basically they're not counting that as as that they're counting that as a riskier type of project. And again, that just makes no sense to me because when you take a look at something like Static Shock, he could be a huge character. And you know, what is with WB constantly putting people of color on the back burner, pushing to the side? We saw it happen with Zack Snyder, you know, when he's trying to make his Justice League and then they take control of it and they basically remove Cyborg from the entire film. Then we get Zack Snyder's version and Cyborg is the heart of that movie. He is the big driving force of that film. He then tries to add not one, but two people of color to the movie. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, we're not going to let you do it. What is Warner Brothers problem that they don't want to put people of color front and center? That's what's big right now in Hollywood. That is what is the driving force. You're going to make Buku bucks that way. Warner Brothers is just, they're, they're dumb. They don't know what they're doing anymore. And, and Walter Hamada, I, I have no idea why he's still there. I know that they signed him to a contract, so that's why he's there. But it just makes absolutely no sense to me on why he's allowed to run this stuff. It just doesn't make sense. Not even a little bit. It doesn't. Not at all. It's ridiculous. And, and I'm over it. <laughs> I truly, truly am over it when it comes to that. Um, yeah, there's a whole list of, of content. Obviously, you know, we know with, with I, I'm just going to repeat myself multiple times. <laughs> we know that we're going to be getting, you know, the Batman. We're going to get Suicide Squad. Wonder Woman 3, that'll be going to the big screen. Another one, another one that they're saying is risky. Blue Beetle. Diversity. Blue Beetle. Jamie Reyes. Latina, like, come on, where's the inclusion here? You're saying, look, we're going to put all these movies out on the big screen. So straight white male and Batman and, you know, straight white woman and Wonder Woman. But when you have people of color, when you have, you know, Latina represent representation, black representation, 
they're not pushing those. And, and I just think it's the wrong move. It's the wrong move. I, I, I mean, from a business aspect, it's the wrong move. From the diversity aspect, it's a wrong move, especially with all the crap that they're dealing with, with how Ray Fisher called them out for being racist. And then they come out and say, all of our diversity movies and projects, we're just going to throw that on streaming. We don't trust them in the, in the theater. Get the hell out of here. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it really, really is. I just, I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Um, one other thing, it kind of popped up. I, I saw it right before I left work today and uh, I was looking at it whenever I got home. So you McGregor, who best known for Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, which, you know, obviously is an amazing, amazing, you know, Hello there. there he is. He kind of popped up. Hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hugh McGregor himself. He talked about on a uh, actor on actor discussion. I believe it's Vanity Fair or maybe Variety. One of those. It's, it's one of the V magazines. They do these videos where actors interview actors. And I thought this was a great one because it had Pedro Pascal, who is the Mandalorian, interview Ewan McGregor, and he's talking about being on the set of Obi-Wan. And it was just one of those things. It was just, it's so great to see Ewan talking about Star Wars again. And, you know, like a typical actor, they don't understand everything in regards to the content. Like, he he, he knows Star Wars, but he's not a diehard fan like a lot of the fans are. He understands it on the surface. He understands what he did, but he even forgets things that he did. And he was talking about how when he was on the set, he kind of got a little bit of a fright because he was in a scene with a stormtrooper, and he had to ask the the crew, like, have I ever been on screen with a stormtrooper before? Like, no, 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 you were on screen with clone troopers. And it was just one of those things that he was like, oh, I feel like a little kid again being on screen with a stormtrooper. And I thought it was phenomenal, and it's a great little discussion. So find that it's, it's all over the web right now. Again, I didn't have time to grab it because I saw it basically when I got home. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely really, it's an adorable thing that, that Ewan McGregor says and seeing Pedro Pascal's, uh, reaction to what he's saying. And there's a moment where he's like, be careful, be careful. Cause he knows he's part of that Lucasfilm family. So he knows you gotta be careful what you say. You can't, you just can't say anything because you might give away something and people get upset and you don't want that to happen at all. All right, so moving on, I want to talk about this big, big thing. So we're talking about the Snyderverse a little bit ago, and Zack Snyder teases again on Vero. But what does it mean? Could it mean that the Snyderverse is back? Could it mean that the Snyderverse is done? Could it mean something else? Well, let's take a look at what was posted. So this here was posted on his Vero yesterday. It was on uh, June 8th. He posted this on his Vero. Now the scene is very familiar to those who are big fans of Zack Snyder's DCU work. This is from man of steel. This is the moment where Zod is talking to him about joining him and building a new Krypton, but explaining essentially how he has to kill everybody on the planet to get what he wants, making a new Krypton. But the caption is what is interesting. The caption is roots of the nightmare. So what does it mean? Honestly, what does it mean? I, I, I know there's only a couple people watching, so give me your thoughts on there. If you think you know what it means, because I have some ideas. My buddy Dawson over at nerdy in many ways did a video all about it fantastic video i encourage you all to go watch because he really dives deep into what he thinks it is and i'm kind of in the same thinking as he is but you know at first i saw this i saw this yesterday and i was like okay first off zach hasn't posted he hasn't posted anything in regards to the dceu or to superman or his his universe of of dc films since the release of zach snyder's justice league which is now, what, two and a half months ago? Almost three months ago? 
So it's interesting to sit there and think, okay, what's he doing? Because remember, prior to Zack Snyder, he would post all the time, post little teases and hints and thoughts and ideas and all that jazz. So what could this mean? What could this picture mean? And, and that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, what could this mean for the grander, the greater Snyderverse, you know, the re restore the Snyderverse fandom? What could it mean to us? And it got me thinking. And I was like, okay. Roots of the Nightmare. I took it at first that he was, the, the, he was just teasing us that he is in the midst of fighting to restore the Snyderverse himself. That's kind of how I took it at first. But then I started thinking more about it. Uh, we're about a week away, give or take a couple days, from the anniversary of Man of Steel's release. It would be the eight-year, I think, anniversary of its release. So... Well, it came out in what 20 when did it come out did it come out in 2012 or 2000 2013 it came out so we would uh, i'm thinking we know that there is a snyder cut of sorts of man of steel we know that there's a longer version of man of steel out there that snyder had filmed what condition it's in, if it was ever completed and then just cut, edited out but prior to putting the film together, who knows? But we know that there is an extended scene from the beginning, adds about 20 minutes to the Krypton, the Krypton um, beginning, as well as some additional things throughout uh, here and there. So then I started thinking, well, maybe he is at work putting this together. It's been something that he... Uh, discussed briefly through all the interviews that he's done over the past year leading up to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I started to think about that. Then I'm like, well, he specifically puts Roots of the Nightmare. And we know that Nightmare plays a big role in Zack Snyder's Justice League and BVS, and then eventually in Justice League 2 and 3. We know that Nightmare, however it's spelled differently, but that's a minor point, but we know the nightmare timeline is the timeline that is hinted at in BVS and justice league. We see it in multiple scenes. So is this basically saying this was the roots of where the inspiration and the idea of the nightmare timeline came in when he was creating this film? Is this the inspiration that when he started writing and, and figuring out where he wanted to take the story, that this was the root of wouldn't it be interesting and move on from there. To me, I think that's more likely what it is. I know people out there want to, you know, believe, believe that the Snyderverse will be restored. Uh, and, and I want to believe it too. And I, and to a point, I do believe it will be restored, but I also feel that there's a good chance that it won't be. Uh, a lot of people are saying, hold out hope, hold out hope. We got discovery coming. Zaslav is going to be on it. He's going to know what to do. He's going to want to bring everything back and, you know, bring the Snyderverse back. And then we have what's going on right now with Warner Brothers, where most of the Hamada produced stuff is being put on the back burner and put onto HBO Max. So... What does it mean? What what does this all mean? Does it could it mean that we're getting it? I I, I don't think that's what this means. I, I want to believe in a way that we're getting the Snyderverse back and that it's going to be restored. But right now, with Discovery, that at the earliest, at the earliest, that deal will be complete middle of 2022. And when I say middle, I'm talking like July-ish, June-ish of 2022. That's the earliest. So we're still a year away from that possibly being finalized. And depending on how the federal government wants to handle it, it could go into 2023. We've seen that kind of stuff take a long time. The AT&T Warner Brothers acquisition took a long time. The Disney Fox acquisition 
took a long time. Now it's different, a merger between an acquisition and all that. Yes, I understand that. But you got to remember this stuff does take time. It could take a long time for this all to come to fruition. And if we're going to have to wait another year from now before they green light Zack Snyder's universe coming back into the fold, what does that do for all the actors and all the, the people involved with that universe? Again, I've said this multiple times. Ben Affleck was, was pitched a storyline. He was pitched X amount of movies. He was pitched to do this. We're in 2021 now. That pitch happened back in 2014. He was supposed to be done by now. You see, so we're at this, this point, this, this crossroads here that it's kind of like, okay, so where do we go from here? Well, should we expect this Snyderverse to be restored? And again, I want it just as bad as anybody else, but let's be realistic here. Let's truly be realistic. What is the possibility of it being restored? You know, if we're talking about a year from now, when discovery and Zaslav comes in, what does that mean? And remember a lot of people said about Jason Killar that he was going to be the savior of the Snyderverse. Maybe he did fight for it. Maybe he was pushing for it to happen, but it didn't. So what makes us think that Zaslav is going to come in and have success that Killar didn't? Now we're hearing that Anne Sarnoff could be on her way out once this, this merger happens or before we know that Toby Emmerich, who has been one of the biggest components in canceling and halting the Snyderverse uh, is currently being shopped around for a new job. Uh, Walter Hamada could be on his way out as well. Uh, there's been discussion and talk that he could be or Warner brothers and or Warner media could be looking at a way to buy out his, his contract that he just signed not even a year ago. So what is the likelihood? So, you know, it's hard to say. It is hard to say. But when I sit here and, and, and truly think about it, you know, from a business standpoint, from the standpoint of not being a fan, and trust me, that is hard to do. That is truly hard to do because when you sit there, you want what you want. You want to see the continuation of all these great stories that, that, have, that we're in the middle, that we're in the middle of. We want to see the continuation. But Warner Brothers flubbed up so much that we're not going to get it. We're just not. And that is my realization from a business standpoint, from a fan of film, not just a fan of the Snyderverse and of the DCEU. Because again, I, I want I want nothing more than to see that continued. Look, I'm going to pull this up again. I know I've shown this multiple times. But, you know, let's take a look here. You know, this is the timeline or universe line, I should say. You got Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 84, Flash. And then you got this other timeline down here that would have gone from Batman vs. Superman to Suicide Squad, to Zack Snyder's Justice League, to the Batman, which would have been Ben Affleck's Batman, Justice League 2, Justice League 3, Cyborg, Deathstroke. That was a timeline. That was a, a universe, a Snyderverse that could have been. And when you really think about it, all these other films, the Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 84, Flash, all of those could have fit down there had they not interfered and just meddled with what was going on. And it would have been so much better. You know, it, it's just, and if you ask me, the, the films that are coming out now, the films that are that are on the horizon, you, know, you got Zatanna, uh, again, Batgirl. Um, I can't think of everything right now. Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad, uh, The Batman. I would trade all of those in simply to see the continuation of the Snyderverse because there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. We still have no idea. They they pumped up the idea of the multiverse at DC Fandom last year. And since then, they haven't touched on it. They haven't discussed it. They haven't said how it's going to work. They haven't said, look, we're going to build this multiverse on where all of your dreams can come true. You can have your Snyderverse. You can have your Hamadaverse. You can have this. You can have that. But they've never got, they've never even said that. They've never even attempted to do that. Why not? It's it's not a 
it's not a hard concept, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just not a hard concept uh, to do. And it's just disappointing. It, it truly is. It's, it's disappointing and annoying that, that it's come to this. It really is. You know, let me know in the comments what you think, what your thoughts are on all of this, because look, there's a lot of people out there who will sit and talk and, and discuss about all of the possibilities of a Snyderverse, you know, continuing. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, it's it's hard to keep your excitement and your optimism. It just really is hard. So, you know, let me know what you think. For sure. All right. And the last thing I want to talk about, I know I kind of did this backwards, but I was trying to keep everything kind of together. And, uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't know if you checked out our latest article over at spoilerverse.com, uh, but we talked about this a little bit last week when Deej was on the show. We talked about the big rumor or confirmation, maybe. A lot of outlets are talking about it now, that Willem Dafoe will be returning as Green Goblin in Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, I want to forewarn you, if you're watching this now, there's a potential for spoilers in regards to Spider-Man No Way Home. I know a lot more than probably most people know. I know that there's a lot of YouTubers out there talking about Spider-Man No Way Home and discussing all of the intricacies of what they've heard as an outline or script or what have you. The problem is a lot of these outlets, they, they kind of are contradicting themselves you know there's a lot of information that seems to be lining up with what i heard with, with what other people heard uh and then there's some things that just don't line up at all now i'm sure there's truth within all of this somewhere i'm sure within what everybody's saying there's a lot of truth to it but uh for just my sake you know i don't want you to come back at me and say you spoiled the movie for me that's not my intent at all but i want to discuss these rumors that are out there again these are rumors that's all I'm going to touch on. Yes, I've heard some things. The things I am sure are going to happen, I'm not going to talk about unless they've been confirmed by other outlets or have been out there. All right. I want to talk about the rumors. So the big one, the big rumor, Willem Dafoe returning as Green Goblin. Now, we do also know that Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro. We know that Alfred Molina is returning as Doc Ock. And... We know Tom Holland is going to be back as Spider-Man Peter Parker. Those are the things we know. Rumored are Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, that they will be showing up. Rumored is the guy who played Lizard in the first Amazing Spider-Man, that he will be showing up. And Sandman. So we got those as rumors. We got those as possibilities coming to Spider-Man No Way Home. I want to know what you guys think. What are the chances of this happening? Now, again, I'm not going to talk about certainties um, story-wise. I'm not going to talk about certainties stories-wise. But what I have heard is that Tobey Maguire and, and Andrew Garfield will be popping up in this movie. And I know Andrew, I don't know if he's still watching. He was watching earlier. He asked me and has been asking me all the time, do you know, is, is, are they going to be in it? You know, blah, 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 all this stuff. I think his favorite Spider-Man is Tobey Maguire. So Andrew, if you are watching still, or if you come back and watch, I hope you are, you know, I I've been told, yes, both Toby and Andrew are going to be in this movie, but it's not going to be at a large capacity, which has been what I've been saying for months and months and months that if they were to show up, it would be in a small capacity in some form or fashion, uh, nothing huge. What about the villains? Well, that is where I want to get into everything because the Spider-Man No Way Home title is for the villains. Again, that's something that a lot of YouTubers, a lot of, um, you know, what are they, uh, scoopers have been saying, that the No Way Home title is specifically for the villains and not the Spider-Man. Okay, so why? Why why is there no way home for the villains? Why are they there? And that's where things get interesting because 
you know, one of the things that has been a pretty solid thing said between YouTubers and other scoopers is that Peter Parker wants to find a way to get everybody to stop believing that or knowing that he's Spider-Man and he enlists the help of Dr. Strange. And it's during Dr. Strange spell that things go awry, thus opening up a tear in the multiverse in the form. And these villains are brought to the MCU. And that's how I'm going to say it, you know, as from now on until we see the movie, that's how I'm going to say it is this is the MCU, the Marvel cinematic universe. Anything that is not originated from the MCU is outside of the MCU. Makes sense, right? Exactly. So that's kind of what happens there. We we get them into here into the MCU and and things go all haywire and Spider-Man has to uh, take on these villains in some form or fashion and quite possibly with the help of Doctor Strange. But the interesting aspect of these villains is they are not the same villains that you remember from their respective movies. Because let's not forget, Green Goblin was killed in Spider-Man in 2002. Doc Ock was killed in Spider-Man 2. The Electra that we saw was killed or, I don't know, became electricity. I, I don't know. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is horrible. Uh, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, the Lizard. Uh, I don't really remember what happened to him. All I remember, all I remember about the first Amazing Spider-Man is it had almost the same third act as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that came out like a, the year, the same year, a year later or something. So there's that. And then uh, Sandman, he didn't die, which is why I think he's going to be the only one that we remember and is going to be the same Sandman from any of the universe because he actually didn't die. He's one of the few that did not die within all of those universes. And it looks like Green Goblin will be headlining this sinister six of characters. Oh, Rhino as well. Rhino from The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, Paul Giamatti. So he will be headlining. Green Goblin will be leading this Sinister Six in a in a way. Now I we all know that Sony's been wanting to do a Sinister Sinister Six movie for quite some time. They were setting up all the Easter eggs and breadcrumbs to get to it in the Amazing Spider-Man series. And then once all those emails came out between Sony and Marvel, they scratched scrapped that, and we now have Spider-Man in the MCU. But what does it all mean? What does it all mean, Basil? Um, I don't even think that's the right line. I think I say that all the time, and I don't think that's what it what it is from Austin Powers. I think it's the second one. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but when we get down to it, what is it? What does it all mean? Uh, it just means that they're going to explore the multiverse, starting with Spider-Man No Way Home, and then continuing on into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And I think that it's going to be... Well, this is going to be our taste of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be moving forward. If you remember, or obviously you remember, the first 11 years, each film was basically its own thing. But where did they make the most money? When did the when did things really explode for them financially? Civil War, Winter Soldier, all the Avengers movies, the the team ups. That's where their buku bucks came. And I think, I think that that is what Marvel's going to do moving forward. What's going on, Nicotina? I haven't seen you for a while. I need to check out your show, man. It's been it's been a crazy few months. So sorry I haven't been active watching your show, but I'm going to get back to it. Is it. Guys, if you can, watch the Nicotina show. Amazing show. Check them out. But Marvel, I think what they're going to be doing is their stories are now going to be spread, spread into two films moving forward. So two movies are going to essentially tell a, a story maybe not completely obviously black widow is going to be its own thing eternals appears to be its own thing but you know spider-man no way home and dr strange are going to connect you know i think that we're gonna, then going to have a couple other movies that connect in that same way as we go down i think they're going to do that more often because that's where they make the buku bucks is those team-ups and seeing your heroes together just like they used to do in the comics every once in a while you know obviously they had you know comics have their their you know annual or biannual 
uh, huge books where there's all teaming up together, but also through certain runs, every once in a while you would get Spider-Man and Daredevil together or, you know, Batman and, and, and yeah, Superman. Yeah. I mean, whatever in, in the comics, you would get these team ups and even in the comics, their sales would bump up a little bit when you would have those team ups and the same thing's going to happen with the films. You're going to see the revenue bumping up a little bit. And I think that's the way that they're going to move forward with, with the Marvel cinematic universe. And I think it's a great idea because it's switching it up a little bit. You know, it's, it's giving us a reason to not only see Spider-Man, but the then go see Dr. Strange. Not that the fans like you and I, we're going to go see it. We're going to be in line to see those movies. But people like my fiance who enjoys the movies from time to time. But you know, if I take her to go see Spider-Man, she now may have a reason to say, Oh, I want to go see Dr. Strange now because we're going to see a through line in that connected to Spider-Man. So that's what I think they're going to do. I, I, I really believe, uh, believe that is the case. And I'm looking forward to it again. Spider-Man, no way home from what I know is going to be a romping good time. If you can't avoid it, avoid spoilers, big spoilers. I didn't give you guys much of anything. Again, I just covered the rumors that are out there, the, what people are saying. I will not touch on any of the actual spoilers uh, or things that would give, give away the movie. Again, if everything that I heard is, is true, if what I saw is true, it's going to be a romp and good time. I think we're all in for a real treat with this movie. I think it'll definitely be some of everyone's favorite Spider-Man movie ever, uh, especially if the ending plays out like I think it's going to play out according to what I've seen. If it does, <laughs> ah, so good. So good. So I hope it plays out like that. Well, I'd be disappointed if it doesn't play out. Yeah, like that. But um, I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it does. But yeah, guys, I think that's all I got today. I don't think I got anything else. Talked about a good, about a good bit of stuff here by myself. I was on for almost an hour. High five me. Woo. All right. Uh, thank you for all of you who jumped on, commented, said hi and whatnot. Uh, I love seeing it. I love seeing everybody who watches. Thank you so much. Again, like I said last week, please hit that like button, hit subscribe. You know, even if you don't like the show, it just makes me feel good. Don't you want to just pass on that love? Live in the moment. I'm watching Community right now. We just started watching Community, my fiance and I, and it's the third episode in that uh, where they, you know, are like ah, live in the moment, you know. So yeah, live in the moment. Show some love. Hit that like button. Smash subscribe. Smash like. Hit whatever you want to do. However you want to do it. Just make me feel good. I want to feel good. I want to see those likes go up. I want to see the subscriptions go up. You know, even if you don't like the show, make somebody's day. Make my day really nice of you but with all that said i'm going to try and get back on here next wednesday or thursday uh hopefully colton could be back if not i'm going to try and get some some other guests on here to to be with me because it's hard to talk for an hour by myself it does help when there's people commenting and saying stuff so i i thank you for that um let me know your thoughts on loki episode one it was a phenomenal phenomenal episode i thought can't wait to see what they do with this entire series moving forward I cannot wait. Uh, you know, what do you guys think about the Snyderverse? Was what Zach was showing, was that something cryptic and alluding to more in the Snyderverse? Or was it something about Man of Steel? Or was it just something that he found on his phone and was like, ah, I'll share that today? Who knows? Zach could be very cryptic, but sometimes he does things. I won't say sometimes. Most of the time, he does things for a reason, especially when he posts things like that. Because he knows... He knows posting something like that is going to get his fans all in a tizzy and asking questions. Uh, plus, he was doing his Army of the Dead stuff a couple days ago. Or, I mean, he did a while ago, but he mentioned the open pod in Man of Steel. So why did he bring that up? And then a few days later, after that video drops, he drops this photo man of steel I, I i'm telling you this has something to do with man of steel in my opinion i think we're going to get an extended version of man of steel released here in the next within the next year or so uh probably the the 10th anniversary um if not the ninth anniversary of man of steel we're going to get some kind of extended edition i think i think that's what he's going to announce or talk about at some point so look forward to that um but yeah 
Thank you so much. Make sure you check out. I have a couple other videos up. I threw something up about Star Wars and The Mandalorian. I asked the question and I posted the video, should The Mandalorian have ended at season two? I kind of give my reasoning on why it should have ended on season two. So make sure you check that out on my page under Shooting the Sith. That is my other podcast, all Star Wars, obviously Shooting the Sith. Great, great Star Wars. Big Star Wars fan here, if you haven't noticed. Uh, and I dropped some other videos as well. So make sure you check them out. Thank you so much for watching. Hit that like, smash that subscribe, or in one of those ways, however you want to do it. But with all that said, guys, I will talk at all of you later. <laughs>